way of announcements, just uh, to share with you, we have a uh, annual meeting March 6th at, uh, on Sunday, March 6th, and uh, that'll be after the worship service. We'll be doing it potluck, uh, so uh, just plan on that, and we'll get caught up to date on all the things that are going on and go over our finances and all those things that we do at the meeting. And uh, so that's March 6th after the worship service. Um, also, uh, the I, I keep forgetting to tell people, but the offering plate is up here on the uh, communion table. And so uh, if you have an offering, that's where we put it. We're not passing the plates yet. We'll probably be, I don't know how soon we'll be doing that again. Uh, you are free to wear a mask or not. Uh, and so... Uh, just uh, uh, think in terms of those who are wearing masks, uh, be considerate, and, and uh, uh, just that's the way it will be for the time being. And I say for the time being because this has been so up and down. So, uh, in our prayer needs this morning, continue to pray for Phil Scriber and family. And uh, he's at Sequoia Springs and... They just moved him out of the room that he was in into a smaller room, which he is happy to be in, uh, but uh, that was a lot of stress for him, and so uh, just be praying for him. He's now in uh, room 114 instead of 125, and so if you want to see him, he is receiving visitors. Uh, you do have to wear a mask, and, and they take your temperature, or there actually is a little stand now you walk up to, and it, tells you whether your temperature is normal or not. And uh, so uh, he's more than happy to entertain a visitor or two. Um, also, continue to pray for Lorraine Schuler. Uh, her husband, Andy, passed away. That's Doris Miller's parents. And uh, just uh, keep them in prayer. Um, any other prayer needs this morning? Okay, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. We pray your, your, your love and, and grace and mercy over the Scriber family, over the Schuler family, and ask, Lord, that you would bless them as only you can. Make your presence known to them. Comfort them through your Holy Spirit. Cause them to catch uh, a glimpse of you, so to speak, in the sense of, of just uh, knowing that you are there with them, seeing them through this time. Cause family and friends to be sensitive and, and come alongside as well. And Father, as we open your word this morning, we ask, Lord, that you would be with us. Cause us to not only hear your word, but to seek ways to apply your word and follow through on it. And so we bring it to you and ask that you would bless us as we open your word and open our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we're going through First uh, Peter, and uh, the verses that we will be going through today uh, start at chapter 1, verse 22, but just uh, uh, in the way of a, uh, oh, for lack of a better word, review, if you will, Peter's writing, it says, to the elect exiles. And elect are the chosen of God, those who are following after God. And the exiles 
is a term that is really important as Peter looks at it, that we see ourselves as not of this world. You know, we're in it, but not of it. Okay? And so we're not citizens of the world. We're citizens of the kingdom of God, thus making us exiles. We're, we're not at home. We're in somebody else's kingdom, so to speak. And uh, we're passing through. We're uh, sojourning is another word for the, the, this idea of exile. Pilgrims. Uh, we're passing through. Citizens of the kingdom of God, not citizens of the world. And how is this possible? Well, God has caused us to be born again to a living hope. We have a living hope in, in Jesus Christ. And it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that this hope comes from. It's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God has called us to be holy as He is holy. And the idea of holy here is uh, set apart. Again, in the world but not of it. Where we are different than the rest of the world. We are the children of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus. Uh, our, our lives are looking ahead to eternity. We long for that day. Even so, uh, Paul would say, Maranatha, come soon, Lord Jesus. So God has called us to be set apart. Our faith and our hope is in God. So let's uh, start at chapter 1, verse 22, and we'll go through uh, chapter 2, verse 3. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and the abiding Word of God, for all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the Word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted the Lord is good, that the Lord is good. Our sins, our sins, our souls have been purified. Our sins have been erased. Our souls have been purified. How is that done? By our obedience to the truth. Now, I'm careful that you don't get the, the thought that this is somehow, well, if I'm obedient, then that's works and, and, and I have to earn it. By being obedient to the truth, we can only be obedient to the truth through God's call and the in, in, indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then it's a process. Paul tells us it's sanctification, an ongoing process of becoming holy, set apart, like Christ. And, and so understand that it's a lifelong process. It's not something that, that happens instantly. So we have this, this picture of already not yet. We're already saved, but it's not yet complete. There's so much more than what we have here. And... Some of our songs even included that idea this morning. Uh, so, you know, our obedience to the truth. Now, also understand the definition of truth. Jesus Christ says, I am the truth 
I am the way, I am the life. But, you know, no one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the truth. And then also in, in uh, the high priestly prayer that we went through, John chapter 17, Jesus says, Your word is truth, Father. Thy word is truth. So, Jesus Christ is the truth. The Word is truth. Uh, and so, where do we find our source of understanding God and His truth? In the Scripture. Peter later on says the Scripture is God-breathed. In, the, in a couple of chapters away from here, but he says, God-breathed. So, since you've been born again, you are no longer of perishable seed, but you're of imperishable seed. Perishable means something that can decay. It, it, it withers, it dies, like the grass is described there. It decays. It, it, it withers up, it dies. But imperishable seed is a seed that cannot decay, will not die. He's speaking, of, again, of that idea of we have eternal life. And it's through the living, abiding Word of God that we have this. It's through Jesus Christ that we have this. So, think about this in this sense. We've been purified. We've been drawn. We've been called. Uh, we're in the process of being sanctified, made holy. We are of imperishable seed. We are of the living, abiding Word of God. All of these things that have Peter's used to describe who we are, then there should be a result. There should be something happening. There should be something coming from us uh, in the sense of change, uh, how we act and how we think. And he talks about having a sincere brotherly love. Sincere is 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 legitimate, if you will. Uh, sincere is from the heart. A brotherly love that is, well, quite candidly, it's, it, we'll look at this in a minute, it's not full of malice and deceit and, 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 and this type of stuff. It's sincere, it's real, it's through Christ, and we have it for each other. Now, the brotherly love, that the, this word brotherly love, is the phileo love. And there's, you're used to being preached to about agape love, okay? Brotherly love is a fondness. It's a friendship, back and forth. We, we care about each other. Uh, it's a caring ministry type love. We minister to one another. There's a need, we take care of it. Somebody has been in the hospital, we have a food ministry and we take care of it. That's brotherly love. That's reaching out and taking care of. So we are called uh, to this sincere brotherly love to one another. But then he turns right around after that and he says, love one another. This time he's using the word agape. Not only are we called to this ministering love, but we're called to a love that's unconditional. We love you no matter what. Man is created in the image of God. We are not to hate anyone. Even our enemies. What are we called in reference to our enemies? Agape your enemies. Love one another. Even love your enemies. 
want their salvation. Pray for them. So we are a different kind of people. You can see, this isn't worldly stuff. This is kingdom of the God stuff. Kingdom of God stuff. Fondness, caring, ministry of one another, unconditional love for one another. God's kind of love that He has for us, we are to be growing in for each other and those around us. And again, because we have been born again, we are of imperishable seed. We belong to God and we are of the kingdom of God. This doesn't come from the flesh. It can't be generated in the flesh. If all you have is the ability to live in the flesh, you are of perishable seed. In other words, if you're not saved, if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're of perishable seed. And the idea is, flesh does what? It tells us right here. It withers and it dies. The flower falls off and it dies. Have, have you ever been through... Uh, a, an area where there's there's uh, a great harvest of wheat maybe growing or something like that, and it flows like waves and stuff like that, and it could be beautiful, but it if it were left to itself, you come by a short time later and it's going to be dead, fallen over, and and worthless, something to be burned. Is all it has in its value. So flesh withers and dies, but the Word of God, the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, remains forever. Then he goes on to just emphasize this. This is the Word of God. The good news that was preached to you. You want to know what we are to called to teach and preach? We've just gone through it. We should always be leaning towards and, 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 and striving to present the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ in all the things that we do in the sense of the way we live our lives. That this is what we live for. This is what we long for. We look forward to heaven. We are to be known as people who follow Christ and desire to be with Christ. So much so that it would be just like it was in, in, in uh, the time of Acts where people were going around and saying, oh, look, there go Christians. Christians didn't come up with the name Christian. Those outside of the church called them Christians, which meant people who have been with Christ. Those who are like Christ. That's the way we are to be known. So what is our response to this? Like I said, there should be a response. Uh, and, it, and it can't come from the flesh. It comes through Jesus Christ in us, helping us, sanctifying us, and changing us. And so he starts with this in verse two, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Put away. Paul will say, put off. And several times you'll see this in Paul's writing as well. So, in response to this, because you've heard this, because this has happened to you, Put away all malice. Malice is ill will. Um, ha 
having it in for somebody, that's a form of malice. You, you are angry with someone. You, 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 you can't bring yourself to wish them well. And so you wish them ill will. You know? It's kind of like their, their, their car stalls at the parking lot and, and you're kind of, yeah, applauding inside. If not, yeah, right on. You know? um, it's, you know, desire to, to, to see someone fail. To not succeed. That's malice. We're not to have any deceit. Literally, the word deceit here is, is to catch something with bait. <laughs> That's the literal translation of this word. Okay, so now if you're, you've got to put your, your fishing thoughts on. And, and when you're fishing, you're using bait to do what? Snare or lure or hook, if you will, a fish. And pull him out of what? Its natural environment. Okay, deceit is deception. It lures. Okay, it's trickery. It, it, it's even underhandedness. So, we're to put away all ill will. We're not to have ill will for anybody. We're not to have the, the idea of, of, of deceit. It's okay that person is dumb as a rock. They deserve to be deceived. You know, I mean, that, that wouldn't be us. Or that person's a, a bad person, so if I tricked them, that would be okay. No, it wouldn't. Part of our character is to be one that does not use trickery or underhandedness or deception. Hypocrisy. Put away all hypocrisy. I, uh, the, the word hypocrisy is a Greek word that has to do with acting and wearing a mask. So the idea of, of hypocrisy is two-faced. You wear a mask over, you know, when you're with somebody, you're all smiles and you're patting them on the back and saying, hi, nice guy. And the, and the next uh, day you're talking with somebody and they're saying, what a jerk that person is. That's hypocrisy. That's two-faced. No hypocrisy. Put away all envy. That's a hard one. Because you may not envy in reference to a particular person, but you, uh, you, you could just envy in general, you know. Daydream about what it's like to have. If I only had, I could or I would be able to do this. But actually, the truest form of the word is to want what another person has. Somebody gets a new car, and you look at it and say, oh, wow. That's what I wish I had. That's envy. In other words, you're not content with what God has provided for you. You want what someone else has. I like that house. I like that car. 
I like those clothes. I like, you know, envy can go in many directions. Of all of these, the last one, slander, is probably the, the cruelest, the meanest. And I'm going to go directly to the core of the word, backbiting gossip. Backbiting means gossip. It's something that slander is normally something that happens not in front of the person that you mean it for. In other words, I, I come up to, to, to somebody and I talk about uh, George behind his back and I, and I say something despicable about him. I, 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 I berate him. I, 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 look, I talk poorly about him. And that's slander. The intent is to break somebody down in the eyes of other people. To break someone down in the eyes of other people. Notice how personal these all are. In the sense that it has to do with what? Our relationships with each other. And our relationships with the, with the people in the world. Our relationships with the, 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 the people in the, in the grocery store, our, period, everywhere we go, our relationships. No malice, no deceit, no hypocrisy, no envy, no slander. Instead, and I'm going to reverse this a little bit, going to chapter 2, verse 3. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good then you need to be practicing a sense of innocence like newborn infants longing for the milk of their mother. And this word long for is to crave. It's an intense, deep desire that leads to action. In other words, I desire the Word of God, the pure spiritual milk, the Word of God. To grow up into salvation, to grow up in, in sanctification, to be holy as God is holy. All of this is, is again, this idea of being called. Uh, it's made possible through what Jesus Christ has done for us. Again, it is nothing we can do in the flesh. If we try to be this person in the flesh, we will fail. We will wither. We will die. We won't succeed. It takes the Holy Spirit indwelling us. It takes the personal relationship with Jesus Christ to be the people of God that, that God is calling us to be. And so, it takes us back again in chapter 1 of First Peter. Uh, let's see here. I would uh, I'll take it back to verse 17. If you call on Him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. If you call on Father, on the, the Father to, to, uh, to, you know, to be in a relationship with Him, basically, uh, you should have a healthy awe, a healthy fear. That's not fear of trembling. It's a healthy fear. 
throughout the time we're in exile. For as long as we're on this earth. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. Not with perishable things, but as like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. By the way, with the precious blood of Christ, by the way it's put here, not with perishable things, but with the precious blood of Christ, comes under the category of imperishable things. It's always there to, to, come, to cover us. The precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through Him are believers in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. All of this is possible because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Every time we share, for instance, every time we share communion, it is a chance, an opportunity to say thank you. In fact, that's part of what is involved with the Eucharist, is to say, to give thanks. It's also a time, as, as Paul would tell the Corinthians, to examine yourself. To look inside and say, is there, is there something that is amiss in me that I need to confess to the Lord, to be right with, with the Lord? And this is an opportunity during communion to do that. It's an opportunity to honor what Christ has done for us. To acknowledge again, He, he came in the flesh. And this picture of Jesus Christ, when we share in the, in the, in the bread, and, and it, it's the, the symbol of the, 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 the flesh of Christ, it's more than just the cross. Jesus emptied Himself and became flesh in order to save us. So, from the point of birth, we're honoring what He has done for us when we share in the bread. The cup is very specific. It represents the blood poured out for us. It means death. Life is in the blood, according to the book of Hebrews. And His blood was poured out. His life was poured out. So as we share in communion, we are sharing these truths that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, emptied Himself, became a man, even a servant to men, even to the point of the cross, in order to purchase our salvation. So that the things that we just talked about can become realities in our life. Not because we earned them, but because God is changing who we are. We are in a process of transformation. As we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, which is acceptable to Christ, this is what He desires of us, it says we are being transformed. We are being changed from the inside out. I like another term that is being used. It's what is mortal is being swallowed up by life. Uh, it's, a, it's a powerful picture of what happens at, at the point of a Christian 
passing is what is mortal is swallowed up by life. That's our future. Life. I'd ask that uh, the song, the, the, the singers would come back up and, and, and share the communion song that they picked out. We have two trays up here, one with the packets and one with a double cup of uh, plastic cup. One, the, the cup has uh, the uh, bread and the top cup has the juice. And uh, whichever one you're comfortable using, feel free to take. And uh, we'll share communion in just a few after the song. So you can come up and get it as when you
Gospel of Mark. Shares the Lord's Supper in chapter 14, starting with the 22nd verse. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, He broke it, and He gave it to them and said, Take, this is My body. Let's share the bread. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. They all drank of it, and he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Once again, we come to this time to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for these emblems that you used to describe your sacrifice. That we might be reminded as often as we share it that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who came in the flesh and paid the price for our sins. Thank You. Cause us to be the men and women of God You want us to be. To set aside these things that are not of You and to seek Your face and Your Word and transformation and become the children of God, the people of God You need us to be. Where we work, where we play, where we worship, wherever we go. As parents, grandparents, friends, Cause us to come alongside each other in the way that you would have us and minister and to love. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we close, please?
your enemy now seated at your table. What a powerful phrase. What a neat song. Lord bless. Have a wonderful rest of the day.